MK. All right. Welcome in to Off the Cuff Sports. Today is September 11th, 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. Uh, so we will discuss, we're going to talk about that a little bit today, uh, especially with how college teams are honoring uh, those lost today. Um, but we'll jump in first, as we always do, with the uh, the distressed club. Um, who are we letting in today, fellas? Not a specific team, but uh, I want to talk about, I guess, uh, the Pac-12 North. Um, <laughs> out of all the teams in the Pac-12 North, so six teams, uh, only one team has a win right now. Um, you know, Washington lost last week as a ranked team. They lost to um, Montana. Yeah, Montana. Montana. Uh, Stanford looked terrible. Uh, I don't know what happened to them outside of, you know, just losing all of their running backs. Uh, Cal lost, you know, that entire division. Um, it's looking like a rough year. Uh, Oregon may lose today. We'll see. And that may be it for the Pac-12 or Pac-12 North, at least. And, and also, on top of that, Oregon only won by what? By a touchdown? Yeah. Against Fresno last weekend, too? And it was a late score in a touchdown. Like, I mean... They survived that game, yeah. What do you got, Solo? Uh, dang. Man, I don't really have anybody, I think. Everybody, I mean, that should be in the stress club, then the stress club. Everybody else looks pretty good outside of what, like, Lamora said, like the Pac-12, you know, the ACC. But, I mean, I already called that. Yeah, like, the, the ACC week. needs to be in there. Yeah. yeah it's even worse now than it was last week. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, Clemson was the only, like, bright spot. I and mean, then they just showed you, like I said last week, uh, DJ's not a superstar quarterback and probably never will be. He's probably a little bit less than Brian Kelly. That's not an insult. Brian Kelly was a is a really good quarterback, but Dabo Sweeney needs superstar. And Kelly Bryant, you mean? Kelly Bryant, sorry. Who did I say? Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Yeah. I don't, so, I don't hey, think uh, the head coach in Notre Dame has ever ever played quarterback. Um, hey, Brian, comma, Kelly. I, I, I was going by last name first. But, okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no. Nah. Uh, other than that, I mean, like, Clemson looks the same. I mean, they're, like, like I said, same-looking defense. I mean, it looks well-tuned. They just don't have the offensive weapons in order to to score. So, like, more than yeah, likely, they yeah, still. Yeah, what I forgot about them was they don't have NTN back there anymore, and you don't you don't have to account for the running back like you did last year. Um, so you can put all of your secondary focus on the pass game, which takes away a lot of what that Clemson offense is able to do. Um, you know, utilizing the play action and you know the RPOs. Uh, system so it's 
you know, it takes away a lot of what they do because they don't have to have a, you know, a high level running back back there anymore. I don't even think it's yeah. all that much about the running back because they, they have an offensive line that should open up gaps to whatever running back is running back there. Um, but they didn't even attempt to rush the ball. They, their only <laughs> attempts were basically <laughs> DJ scrambling or he, him just not having time to throw the ball and, you know, he's taking sacks. But they, I think they only ran like 10 design runs to running backs, not even 10. It was a uh, nine, yeah, nine um, rushing attempts through their running backs. And I don't know if that's, you know, their running backs aren't there, but you know, when you can't get gaps, you can't block for pass protection, you know, you can't really do anything on offense. So they have the stable of wide receivers to go downfield, just not on Georgia. I don't think I'm gonna be real with you. I don't think that they have the stable of running backs, period. Like that, I mean, I think that they have obviously they have the guys. I just don't think they have the talent. I mean, when you look at for how much um Travis Etienne accounted for, like just kill like, you know, amount of carries last year in that offense, I mean, he, he got well over 80% of them. Um there was no thunder and lightning, like he was thunder and lightning. So I, yeah, I just that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say with that is that the running back, though they don't have bad running backs, they don't have somebody that you have to bring an extra guy into account for him. Your front, you know, your front seven can handle the handle the business up there. Right, like that. That's what I like. I agree with that. I just I don't see them having anything outside of like you know, shoot, they don't even have any outside of the defense that makes you go like ooh or ah. And then, like, that probably wouldn't be as bad if you had, like, you know, the Deshaun Watson or the Trevor Lawrence quarterback that could take pressure off of your run game because they can just make, you know, amazing throws in tight windows. But I think we all see like that, like, that's not DJ. <laughs> like, not like, not even close. I think this is a one-off game also because I don't think they're going to face any other defense like Georgia um the rest of the way so it's going to open up to where their offense looks somewhat comparable to what they've had previously um i mean that's not saying much because the talent they're going up against isn't that great but yeah i'll be honest with you though i'll like i said i i don't i don't think that clemson will win the acc this year I think they'll make it to the ACC championship. I don't think that they'll win the ACC this Who's year. Who's going to win it then? Who's going to win it then? <laughs> Golly, who's going to win it? Who's going to win it then this year? Who's going to win it then? Um, honestly, I can see a major upset happening. Uh, like I said, my early my early pick is going to be Miami. My and like I said, that's 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 a long stretch. My super duper dark horse. And don't mock me when you sit when you hear me say it, but it's Pitt. And I Pitt has the defense to to stop Clemson if they play like the way they did against Georgia. I'm not saying that Pitt's defense is comparable to Georgia's, but they have they like the way that they go about playing defense is very similar. The only thing I don't know is if Pitt can put up points against them. I know Miami can put up points. I don't think that I don't know if their defense can stop them. So I think it would have to be like a shootout. 
I know Pitt can stop them. I don't think Pitt can score, though. So, I still say, though, I still don't think Clemson wins the ACC this year. That's just my opinion. See, I, I think they're going to have a second loss this season. I don't know who it is to. I think they'll still make the. I think they'll still win the ACC, but they usually have some sort of trouble game against like a Syracuse. Um, and I think this year it's potentially going to be a struggle game to the point where they actually can't pull it out. And we've seen with the the college football playoff committee that two lost conference champs do not go to the playoffs. And I think that's where they're going to lose. I I. I I don't think they're going to – they're definitely not the team they've been in the past, but I don't think that they are going to uh, lose the ACC because there's not, nobody else. I mean, the, the the best team supposedly behind them was UNC, and we know how that turned out last weekend. And, heck, Georgia State might go up there and beat them. Well, here's what, here's all I'm saying. Like, so if we're, if we're going to – if we're going to be fair and we're going to say that, you know, okay, one game flukes. I understand that UNC had a real bad game. Okay, it was a game that they had no business losing. I get it. All right, that's a lot of kids going in there thinking, okay, hey, we're the number, we're the tenth ranked team. It's the first time that UNC football has been ranked in the top ten since when? I, I think we, like ever. So I, I gotta give I gotta give Mac Brown and the Tar Heels a break. If we're gonna give Clemson a break, we gotta give them a break. Because well, we also have to look at Virginia Tech isn't a bad team. Yes, exactly. North Carolina was supposed to win, but it's not like they just out here lost to scrubs and got blown out. They lost a close game, you know, on the road, um, on a home opener to Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech's essentially at this point, um, at least in the top four of ACC teams. And very well could beat Clemson as well. I mean, if we're if we're being very completely honest, that's what I'm saying. Like in the SEC, outside of Alabama and Georgia, there's nobody that's like, oh my God, they could probably win the SEC under certain circumstances. I don't even think Florida's remotely close to Georgia this year. So it's a two dog race in the SEC. In the ACC, like I'm I'm really saying, like after after last week, it's anybody's like it's anybody's conference to win. And I don't know who it is. Like I said, I, I still think that it's either Miami or Pitt. Lamar's made a good point with with, uh, with Virginia Tech. I just don't see Clemson winning. As long as DJ uh, Honolulu is the quarterback, I, I don't see them winning the ACC, period. He won't be the starter next year. Guaranteed. The one thing I'll say, um, JT pointed out that um, he thinks that Clemson's going to have another loss. I don't see it. Um, They don't play any competitive team outside of Pitt, unless you want to throw FSU in there. Um, I don't disagree with it. I'm just saying, in general, they always have that struggle game against, like, a Syracuse. Right. This year, the team's not good enough if they have a struggle game against somebody like Syracuse. They could potentially lose that game. That's what I'm saying. I don't that they shouldn't lose to Syracuse. They should blow Syracuse out every year. But for some reason, Syracuse just seems to always play them tough. And this is not the same team that you've had in years past for for Syracuse, for for Clemson. And so I'm saying if I I can I'm not hundred percent guaranteeing it, but I'm saying that's that's where I could see the downfall for Clemson. Yeah. I 
I don't see it. Me personally, just because I don't think you. <laughs> I don't think the talent's there for the ACC. I, but I get what you're saying because Clemson does have, you know, their one shaky win every year um, where they, I guess they just come out unmotivated, flat, whatever you want to call it. And it seems to catch them by surprise that a team is actually competing with them. But I, I, I don't have any faith in the ACC right now. No, I don't. I, but but they're also part of that ACC, so we can't have faith in them necessarily either. You know, if you, if, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, my distress club is for Randy Etzel, uh, the recently stepped down head coach of UConn. Um, I was going to originally say that UConn itself was a team in distress um, after back-to-back losses to FCS schools. Um, but come to find out, apparently during the this last weekend's game against Holy Cross, which they lost to by double digits, um, Randy Etzel tried to fire up the team and they just all walked away from him. Like he didn't, like he didn't just step down because the team wasn't doing well, or he thought they, you know, he just his time was is just the team did no longer responded to him. And I know Solomon, you can attest that this is your that's your probably your worst fear as a head coach, even more than losing, you know, going, you know, winless in a season, losing the faith of your players that just walk away. Oh yeah, no, that's that's bad. Like you know, once you've hit that point in in a like a in a particular place, there's no need for you to come back. Like there, there's no salvaging it. Like the the number one thing that'll get you wins as a coach that you're not supposed to get is when the team plays hard for their coach because they like you and they believe in you. Well, I'm not gonna say like when they respect you and they believe in you. Because I don't necessarily think that you have to be a likable person to be a, a head coach that's loved and respected by players. But uh, somewhere along the way, he lost respect. Uh, his players lost respect for him, which enabled them to stop playing hard for for him. And that that's a bad place to be. I'm just like, yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that he brought he brought he was really what brought. Uh, brought them to UConn to the most football related relevance that they could possibly have. They went from being an FCS team. He brought them to the FBS uh, back when he did that. It was division one and division one double a, and he got this team as far as, as making it to Fiesta bowl, the BCS bowl. And now new year six. And uh, now, and then he, he left there. He went to uh, Maryland, um, tanked out of Maryland, and came back to UConn thinking he was just going to do the same old thing. And in 40 games, he had six wins in the second stint at UConn. Uh, you know, I you know he's going to bounce back if he's if you've been a head coach uh, as long as he had, he's going to get a job somewhere. But I think. But, you know, he probably is going to retire at this point and just, you know, enjoy enjoy that life. But it's just amazing how far this fell um, with All this. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't think they're going to be they, they were never going to be a good team. I knew that. But I just 
I thought they'd be that, you know, just that solid team, you know, that just kind of, you know, you know, wins five, six at least games each year. But. I think that's karma for him. Um, when he left to go to Maryland, he tried one. He didn't tell his players until I guess I want to say after the fact until it was basically finalized. And instead of telling him or the players in person, he had a phone call meeting, which they were on hold for like half an hour. Um, and he just kind of told them that he was leaving and that was it. And it wasn't with all his players. It was just with a select few. So when you leave on terms like that, if you're not man enough to be like, okay, I got a better opportunity and I'm out of here. Um, and you try to come back to that same situation. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he should have ever left there. I thought he could have, you know, I think that I, th I thought that was kind of the best situation for him. Um, I was surprised when he left there, you know, obviously because my family's from Connecticut. My cousin went there. Um, you know, I have, you know, I've, I've always followed them. Um, so I was kind of surprised when he left. I thought it was kind of the, the, the best place for him to be. I mean, I was happy for him to get, in a, you know, a, what essentially is a, was a bigger job. Um, but I just didn't think it was the right move at the right time. You know, I thought he would, they were, they were building something there. Um, but it is what it is at this point. Um, and UConn probably should just shut it down for the rest of the season, honestly, after back-to-back -back FCS losses. Um, <laughs> uh, opt out of this, just opt out of this season, you know, uh, but with that, we'll move on. Uh, we'll discuss so we don't end on a bad end on a sappy note. Let's you know, today is the 20th anniversary of 9/11. We've got many teams uh, paying homage: uh, Bowling Green, uh, University of Florida, the Navy Air Force game. They specifically moved it to this day so they could have that for this specific reason. Um, it was it wasn't scheduled for today, but they made those changes. Um, trying to think who else is. Um, there's a couple other things I can't remember who though that was that made some design changes. Um, but you know, it's it's 20 years, um, and it comes off of without getting too political, us leaving uh, Afghanistan after 20 years occupation. Um, whatever anybody's opinion about that is, is what that is, but this is a sports show. We're not going to get into military because we are not experts in that area. Um, so we're going to leave it at that, but, uh, kind of want to think, I'm going to ask you guys, you know, tell your story about where you, where you were, uh, when you found out and, you know, what kind of happened that day, anything memorable or, um, things that have stuck with you since then. Okay, uh, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I was in, I think, first grade. It may have been kindergarten. I think you were um, in second grade because I was in. First, I was in third grade. I was in third grade when it happened. I remember that. Yeah, second. Second, man. Um, I don't remember much from it because I don't think they put it on TV. Um, we didn't see it until the day after. Um, like we, I guess we were notified, but it wasn't. I don't think it hit until um, we got home and really, you know, watched it. 
Um, you know, at such a young age, one, you don't fully comprehend what was going on. Um, at least for me, I didn't. Um, it's just sad and unfortunate that so many lives were lost, um, innocent lives, you know. And I'm sure that impacted families, you know, uh, where they lose loved ones and they don't cope, you know, the way you may cope when you, you know, lose someone to old age or, um, you know, tragically losing someone is, it's just rough. So, you know, my prayers go out to them and to, you know, the first responders that were in the area, um, to go back into a dangerous zone like that, you know. But yeah, that's about all I remember, to be honest. What are your thoughts, Solomon? Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it hits a little bit more personal for me just because, like, you know, my dad was there the 10th, um, just the day before and was supposed to actually be there on a protection detail that lasted all the way through, like, the 14th. But he was able to come back home. Um, and so, you 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 know, it, it, it doesn't really hit you as a little kid because you're just like, oh, okay, like, dad was supposed to be there, but he's not, so everything is good. And then you look up and it's like, whoa, oh, crap, like, my dad was supposed to be there when that happened. It's like, um, it kind of just takes you, you know, it takes you back and like makes you grateful. You know, you're very, very, you know, you go, your heart goes out to those people that lost somebody that day because like you realize like, dang, bro, you know, I actually could have lost my pops that day. Like even though his ground protection was only on the first floor, like there's no telling what type of hero he would have tried to be and try to help as many people as you could. So I'm just very grateful that like my dad is still here um, in spite of all of that chaos. And, you know, your heart goes out to the, all those people that lost somebody that they knew, you know, mothers, uncles, aunts, you know, daughters, sons, because it's never like Lamora says, it's, it's, it's not easy but it's easier when you lose somebody to like a known cause. It's real hard to lose somebody to, you know, senseless violence. Yeah, I understand. Agree with that. Uh, you know, we they they related a lot to Pearl Harbor, but um, that was mostly, um, you know, people that were part of the military at that time. Um, that was part of most armed servicemen. So, you know, you even though it's not what you ever want, like that's kind of a reality that you accept um, once you're there. Um, these were all civilians. They weren't putting their lives on the line to protect the country. They were just going to work one day. Uh, I've got a couple of connections with this, um, you know, with my family. Uh, my uncle uh, recently retired from the fire department. He, he was one of the surrounding cities uh that got called in he, he worked in stanford connecticut and you know they're only a couple hours from the city so they they got called in to uh to uh to help out um so he was actually one of the people there on the front lines um thankful that he 
he did not um, maintain any serious injuries or, you know, or lost his life in that situation. And then my father, I remember I was at school. Um, my teacher, I remember sitting in class, it was about 1130 in the morning on third grade. And uh, there's the, the classroom phone rings. Uh, my teacher answers it. Uh, then she gets real concerned and she quickly turns on the TV and we never had the TV on unless she was showing us some sort of video um, and the news was on and I, and I saw it. I saw both both towers had been hit um, and I, I couldn't believe it. You know, everyone, the other kids in the class, I don't know if they just, you know, you know, they just, you know, didn't have those types of lives where, you know, you heard, you know, you had to think about these types of things, you know, both my parents being in the medical field, you kind of, you know, you have a different view of things and they're like, oh, maybe it was an accident or, you know, it just he just lost control or something. And I was like, no, this 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 was not un, unintended. This is 100 percent intentional act. Um, and I remember my dad showed up a couple hours later because um, he had got called into work, supposed to be his off day. Um, and he came to see me. He's like, look, son, I need to give you a hug. Uh, I just want to say goodbye before I'm going to work because. And he stopped and I said, because you may not come home. And he said, because I may not come home. Cause we didn't know at that point he was, he worked for city of Alpharetta. Um, and they had got called in to help cover Atlanta. Cause we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, we didn't know what was going to be the next hit. Um, there's plenty of targets in the Atlanta area. Um, and up near where I was living as well. Uh, the Buford dam was just, you know, it, was a huge resource for electricity in the area, providing water to places downstream of it. It's, you know, so we didn't know. And he didn't know if he was coming home that day. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it's amazing that with those connections that, you know, things weren't worse than they were for, for my family. And, um, I, you know, I pray for those people that are, that are there today that are still dealing with this, um, those that, you know, are survivors and, you know, they, they, you know, I'm happy that they survived, but I understand that they probably are feeling survivor's guilt. Um, and, you know, understand that why it was, why were they saved? Why not somebody else? Um, but, uh, it's definitely a day to remind us of how, you know, how lucky we all are to be here. Um, he could walk in the next day and, you know, something could happen. Um, you know, you never know, but, uh, we'll move on, uh, get to, uh, more enjoyable topics. Uh, so Georgia tech lost to Northern Illinois as part of the ACC, another team that couldn't figure it out. Um, and what I, but what I was interested by is that their backup quarterback came in and made their starting quarterback uh, Jeff Sims look like a look like pretty pedestrian. Um, I don't know how much of that game y'all watched, or if you even cared to watch Georgia Tech at all. Uh, but I like the kid. I like the kid that they brought in. He's from Alpharetta. Um, he's not necessarily as talented as Jeff Sims, but uh, he threw the the ball with a little bit more purpose, um, which I think was what Jeff Sims has been lacking as a quarterback. 
Uh, but you know, I was just obviously we've talked enough about the ACC. Uh, I want to throw those, that two cents in. Um, moving on, uh, we mentioned Georgia and Clemson. Georgia had the big win. Is UAB going to be a trap game for UGA? Trap in the sense that it's going to be more competitive than um, most people may believe, sure. But Georgia's not losing. Um, it'll just uh, I, be... I think they'll get caught sleeping a little bit. And, you know, yeah. they. I would, if I was betting the spread, I would bet UAB. Uh, but if I was betting outright, I would still pick Georgia. Um, right. But I, I definitely think think UAB is going to give them a scare for the first half, um, just because they're you know it's just it's just it's just natural. It's going to be a letdown. They had a huge win against Clemson, um, but also remember their offense was not that great in this game. I mean their offense accounted for three points against Clemson. So I mean you know don't get me wrong, Clemson got a great defense, obviously, uh, but you still at the end of the day you only put three points on the board. Um, so now there's been more developments out of Georgia's offense. Um, it seems that uh, the QB, um, I can't even think of his name, JT Daisy Daniels, Daniels. Um, he had an oblique injury or his ribs were hurt, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that was during the Clemson game, which may explain why Georgia never attempted anything downfield. Because why would you attempt anything downfield? Your QB's hurt and you're already winning. And it seems like it was going to be clear that Georgia was going to win without it. Um, so that may have been the game plan all along was to not attempt anything uh, that they would normally attempt if he was fully healthy. And JT Daniels isn't even playing against UAB this week or today. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think the offense will look a little bit different. Um, Carson Beck isn't as mobile as uh, JT Daniels or a fully healthy JT Daniels or Gunnar Stockton, but he has the arm talent. So we'll see. What are your thoughts? JT, I'm just surprised JT Daniels and mobile came up in the same damn team. Well, it's been a while since we've seen JT fully healthy, <laughs> but JT at USC before he got hurt was a mobile QB. Mobile-ish? Yeah, he was a mobile. He was mobile. a mobile QB. I don't know. He was mobile. mobile He's not a running quarterback. There is a distinction there. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Matt Ryan used to be mobile. <laughs> <laughs> he was never a running quarterback, though. Matt Ryan used to be mobile. Mobile, as in he could move a little bit, not like, "Hey, I'm gonna run, run, uh, you know, run, a, you know, spread option with him, and tell him to keep it." But you know, you could, you could, you could, as a mobile quarterback, I'm talking about, you could use his boots, um, and you know, you know, roll out pass, passes with him, um. But no, not mobile as in, you know, he'll take off for 20 yards. JT okay. had it in him to where he could take off for 20 yards before he was hurt. But, you know, he went through a leg injury, so. Yeah, that, that changes things. Um, I think uh, any other games you guys are interested in today? Uh, 
I mean, most most of the, we're not we don't have really major matchups. Or I mean, technically we have Iowa Iowa State, which is ten versus nine. But you guys actually going to watch that game? <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm not of the children of the corn, so I I, I could care less what happens in Iowa. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I'll probably keep an eye on it just because of, you know, national implications. But yeah, I could really care less about who wins that game. Um, I probably would probably watch the uh, the UNC Georgia State game before I watch that game. Uh, I, th- I think Georgia State, I mean, they, they already beat, they beat Tennessee. You know, who knows? They could beat UNC at this point. This man said they beat Tennessee. That, that's like that's like saying you beat up a blind man. That that's nothing to brag about. Uh, but I mean, it'd be interesting to watch Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech versus Kennesaw State just because of you know the local ties there. Um, heck, with how Georgia Tech played last weekend, we, it might be upset alert for for Georgia Tech at this point. Our show was talking like this man was going to be his new club. I don't even know the coach's name. The folks from Georgia was talking about how he was going to be the savior of Georgia Tech football. And Buddy King, it was looking, starting to look like he can't coach his way out of a wet paper bag. I, I mean, I, I, I said from the beginning that it was going to be this year. Because this is what is it? This is his fourth year, correct? No, let's be his is third it his fourth year. year already? I no, it's it his third, third year. It's his yeah. third year. Um, I would expect the team to have some growth this year um, if they were going to have any. I'm not saying that they would have any. I'm just saying if they had any, you would have to see something this year. And if, because he's been, he's most of, now majority of the team is guys that he has recruited to match his system. Right. Uh, uh, so you would think that whatever this team is going to be, you're going to start to see signs of it this year um, as far as how talented they can be. Um, next year would be the, the 100% barometer. If they don't, if they don't, you know, have, you know, an eight, nine win season next year, it's not going to happen under Jeff. Uh, we can say that 100%. Uh, Do we know but, where he came from? Do we know where he came from? Just random thought. Do we know where he came uh, from? He was at Temple. He was at Temple before That's he came right. here. Okay. He was at Temple, um, and he was te- he was at Temple when Temple beat Notre Dame, actually. Um, and then and I don't want anybody to get me wrong. I think that he, like I said, I think that he's a wonderful players coach. I just don't think that he's ACC material. Not at Georgia Tech, where it's like you have a handicap on who you can get there. If that yeah. makes sense. There we go. Yeah, you, you've got to be so smart. To, like, they, they've got, they don't, they're not like UNC and do those paper classes. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's like, Georgia Tech is a freaking beast to get into. Like, I people think that it's, it's like, it's easy. Like, Calvin Johnson nah. was, you know, had like a 35 on his ACT guy. Like, he's, he's pretty freaking smart. I mean, he just happened to be you know a that, freaking that good athlete. Calculus is a core class. Like everybody has to take that at, at regardless of your yeah. major, you have to take calculus. Like <laughs> they, they don't play around there. Like, <laughs> like they're not giving out degrees from Georgia Tech. Like I hope everybody understands that. So no, we like, 
I get it. Like, I don't think that he's a bad coach. I just think no. that in the it's state, just you could only it's, it's like it's like a Stanford or you know a Duke. There's only so far you can take these programs. Exactly. You know, for whatever they may be. You know, it's it, you're not gonna. It's you know, if if other schools held their students to the same academic standards, maybe. But that's just not who they. But then again, if you know UGA brings their academic standards up to Georgia Tech's. Georgia Tech is probably just going to raise their academic standards at that point. Exactly. Because... I was about to say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's I I think, honestly, this year and next year will tell us how Jeff Collins uh, uh, is going to be. How good is he going to – it comes down to these two years. If we don't have, you know, a 10-win season this year or next year, you're not going to have one. It's it's just never going to be that way for him, unfortunately. Do you like I said? Do you do you pull the plug after this year though? Do you even give him a fourth year, or do you just cut your losses? Well, it depends on uh, you know the the mentality of the boosters. Obviously, we saw with uh, Paul Johnson that they did not pull the trigger. They gave him a very long time. But also at the same time, that's not how, that's not how, you know, the landscape is at Today. any level, any yeah. level of college, uh, any level of football, whether it's high school, college, pro, you've got to show success right now. I mean, when David Dean got the co-offensive coordinator job at Georgia Southern, um, he instituted the spread offense like he had about Austin State, obviously, to a program that has been running Run the triple heavy. option forever. And if you're going to go and change the system there, you have to be successful right off the bat because it's it's part of the DNA it's at Southern to run triple option. Uh, but, and so, and he, he wasn't successful and he got the, in order for uh, the head coach, I think it was Gillespie to save his own job he fired Dean just so he could say, I mean, I, don't, he, I think he lasted maybe one more season anyway. It's not like he did much uh, any, uh, to save himself. But either way, it's, I don't know whether this team, whether it's, it, helped, it comes to the boosters, if that, whether they want, they let him be like they did with Paul Johnson to, to figure things out and figure out what they were going to be. Um, or they say you're not winning. We gotta let you go. The only thing I, I, only way I would lean towards giving him more time is because he's an alum. Nah, that's it, true. He, my, he played there back in the late '90s, um, during probably the closest thing you had to glory days for Georgia Tech. Uh, so, but what do you got, Lamars? What? Um, I don't. I don't think firing him does Georgia Tech any good. I mean, no. it doesn't do him any bad either, but <laughs> I mean, at some point you have to realize what your team is. And I think the sooner they realize that, the better off they'll be because you'll never build like a championship program at Georgia Tech, not with the way um, students have to, you know, pass ACT and SAT scores and 
and all of that stuff like it's it's just going to be indefinitely impossible look at what type of duke players you see um yeah <laughs> you know you went through one phase Ouch. of where duke was looking like they could be somewhat decent and you know they haven't been back since um yeah and then uh, and i think the highest level you'll ever see today in today's game is that that andrew luck uh Stanford team. I think that's the yeah. best you're ever going to see from a high from a high academic school. Um, you know, you you make it to you make it to, you know, the Rose Bowl, you know, other New Year's Six Bowls, um, win some or at least play them close. And then uh, but you never make the national championship. All right. Now, I will say I will say, you know, don't count Duke out just yet. They they got they got five behind quarterback coming up the ranks, so we gonna we gonna get oh, we gonna your, give that's Duke your boy time. that's your boy over there so okay yeah okay we, we gonna give Duke we gonna give Duke some time we gonna give Duke some time but yeah as far as Georgia Tech dog it's just gonna have to be one of those lightning in the bottle seasons it's never gonna be consistent I mean look at how yeah. like I mean they had a wall I mean a Hall of Famer wide receiver in Calvin Johnson. And look at what kind of season they the seasons that they had while he was there for three years. It was well, nothing out triple like, option. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, who knows? It, it might have been good for them if they had run the system like they had now. Calvin's probably mad. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, but you know, I, regardless, I, all I'm saying is that like I, I want them, I want him to be successful because he's really good with the players. He's a real good guy. I just I I do not see it happening with like like you said with like a team in an academic school that has such high academic standards. I I personally don't see it. Could be wrong, but I don't well, see I, it. I agree with you on that. Uh, but we'll move on. The NFL had an exciting game Thursday night um, with uh, Dallas and Tampa Bay. And back. like we uh, like like you know we're used to here in Atlanta, um, another Dan Quinn defense late game, uh, you know loss, you know. But but then again, at the same time, you gave Tom Brady a minute and a half, a minute and a, and he only needed a field goal. It, it, that, like we, <laughs> we we knew where this was going to go at this point. And he, 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 he literally, he, and his son, Byron Leftwich, Leftwich, during the process as well. He gets the play call, and he looked over at Byron and said, no, we're not running that. And he picked something else out. All I'm saying is, is that, first and foremost, can we, I, I, I'm going to give props to Dak. Dak came out yeah. after a gruesome ankle injury. He, he, looked, he looked good. He looked really good. Cooper good. had a good game. We never we never see him anymore. You know, you know he's, he's somehow on the roster, but he just disappears. Hey, look, he the only wide receiver from Bama in the last, you know, 12 years. We don't claim on a daily basis. You like, oh, he 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 went there, but he ain't go there. You know, we we claim him when he act like how he did yesterday. So we'll give him some problems. We'll claim you today. But I mean, I, I'm going to actually say. The, the Cowboys really impressed me and how that they handled themselves 
in that game and the game in all honesty outside of you know a couple kicker blunders they really they should have won they yeah, really well if they won. had made both those kicks they would have won exactly no that's what i mean and i mean you, i understand it's the first game he really didn't get a chance to kick all season but like once again when you get paid a million dollars to kick a football i don't care if you haven't kicked in 18 months it, you better drill all them holes. That, that's just the way I think. You, you ain't doing nothing but kicking. So there's no excuse. However, when you look at what they were able to do and how their defense played, you know, shout out to Dan Quinn. You actually did something right, you know, for a change. And I'm down. I just, you know, I really do think that, you know, Dallas may able to win, you know, the NFC least. And actually, you make the playoffs. They'll still be eight and nine. I mean, I'm saying not nine and seven. Excuse me. I think they might make the playoffs. So they'd be maybe nine and nine and eight, or uh, nine or maybe nine and eight, or ten and seven. Because we have seventeen games this year. Oh, that you're right. We do have seventeen games. So yeah, they'll be nine and eight, and I mean that'll be first place by five games. Seriously. Like whoever wins nine games in that division is going to like they'll they'll win. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't know what that used to be a, a really tough division back in the early two thousands. Um, back the multiple years they had three of the four teams make the playoffs in the same season. What happened? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts rolled into Sunday? Um, we'll start with. Lamoris's favorite team, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, going against the Cleveland Browns. We're we're playing the Eagles. Oh, that's right. You guys are playing the Eagles. That's right. I, the Chiefs are playing the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either way, it's going to be the same um, ending result. Falcons lose, but you know, it'll be interesting. I think the biggest thing is we need to see how Jalen Hurts is going to perform. Um, is he really? the future for Philly. Um, I'm not sold completely just yet, but you know, he hasn't been given a full season's worth of opportunity. So we'll see what happens. That That's growth for you, Lamores. That That is growth. Cause I fully expected you to come on here and bash my boy, but you, I'm proud. I mean, Given what he put on film last year, I wouldn't start him. But you know, since uh, they don't have there any we other go. options. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. But I'll be the number one person on the Joe Flacco bandwagon as soon as uh, he starts messing up. So, yeah. uh, Garner Minshew over Joe Flacco. Garner Minshew over Joe Flacco any day of the week. Man said Joe Flacco, like he wasn't just the starter in Denver two years ago. And it was like, nah, we'll go with Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Drew Locke. There's a reason Gartner Minshew started um, <laughs> for the Eagles, or not the Eagles, the, um, the Jags. What's that? Yeah. Hey. When he did. All I'm all, all I'm saying is, is that Garner Minshew in the entire NFL had more 30-yard completions than any quarterback in the two-year span. So that's crazy when you think about it. But 
the guy's a D, he's a he's a decent quarterback. Like he's borderline starter caliber, you know. He he really is. I'm not saying that he's like, you know, franchise, but he he's you know Nick Foles. He's a Nick Foles. Yeah, he's Nick Foles. Yeah, definitely Nick Foles caliber quarterback. Most definitely. What do we think about Saquon Barkley this year? Think he's gonna have a bounce back season? No, no, No. he's done. (laughs) He's done. He's just been too injury prone at this point. I just don't. It's it's no longer just. It's not like Adrian Peterson when he this was the first time he ever been injured, and he was able to bounce back, come back stronger. We're now seeing a pattern with Saquon. So I just you know a lot of people took him like like I know somebody took him early in our league, and I'm like don't. Don't do that. That's just, you know, my parents played played fantasy football this year for the first time, and they asked that you know they were asking me advice, and my mom especially, and I said, just don't draft anybody from the Giants, and you'll probably have a good team. Uh, but we'll see uh, how the season goes. Um, uh. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I feel like we hit everything that, you know, before we move on to Petty Moment of the Week. Um, what do I want to talk about? The Lakers finally did what I've been asking them to do, and they got rid oh, of Marcus Gasol. Marcus Gasol, that's right, of, yeah. Here we they go. got rid of the man with bricks at his legs um, and saved $10 million on top of it. So, uh Shouts out to the Lakers. Mark, go go live your life in Spain. You know, enjoy your family. Thanks for everything, but you know, you didn't do anything. But take up money. Morris is a hater. We, we thank you. We thank you, Marcus, for your service and for everything that you brought leadership. And that was about it. But it was damn good leadership while it lasted for one season. And we will always be grateful. Pal, we will still take you back if you're willing to come back. I don't don't want him either. (laughs) He's such a fool. Lord have mercy. So here's one question I want to ask you. I saw this pop up. Of these three running backs, who would you take in their prime? Uh... What was his name from Seattle? Was that Sean Alexander? Yeah, Sean Alexander. Okay. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson or uh, Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson. Give me Ladanian Tomlinson. I, I, I'm with <laughs> you, so Ladanian Tomlinson. Give me, me Ladanian Tomlinson was a freak. A freak. He was. Um, but I don't think he ever put up. Did he have a single season where he put up more than AP? I know at one Look, point he was a. Uh, but let's let's know. let's let's put this in context though. Let's let's look at what AP had to work with versus what Ladamian Thomason was working with. Okay, I'm just I'm just being real. Like Ladamian and Thomason, Ladamian Thomason was the offense in San Diego for for a long time. And not saying that AP wasn't, but versus what AP had to go up against Sunday in and Sunday out, come on now. Like, 
And we're not just talking about like AP would just bulldoze over people like Ladamian and Tom Ladamian Tom Tomlinson ugh, could give it to you both ways. I'm I'm just saying like he was a she was a, a dog, a dog. He was. Um, I mean, I don't question it. Either choice to me isn't bad. I just don't think. No, you know, you're not going to go wrong with any one of them in your backfield, yeah. but. I, I somehow have the choice between end, the three. I don't think his top end season was as good as AP's like best year. Well, I, I think like when, I think we can say that AP had bigger highs, but I right. think overall, if you look at the, the totality of seasons, I think Ladainian had a better career than yeah. AP did. I think um, injuries kind of hindered AP's career. Um, yeah. But that's best ability. Best best uh, ability is availability. So right. But if but if I had to have them at their peak for one year, give me AP. Um, Well, is he going to make it through the whole season? That's the only thing. But if he's going to be at his for beating this kid, if if he's at if he's at his peak, that means he's healthy. That means he's playing the full year. I mean, he's doing everything, and I like his top end better than LT. If I got, if I need, if I have one game, it's AP. If it's a full season, Ladanian Tomlinson. I oh, see now, now, now I'm gonna switch it up, and I'm probably gonna be, a, I'm a little biased, but I'm still gonna stick to it. If it's for a full season, give me Sean Alexander. It, uh, give me Sean. Of course, Alexander. the Alabama if grad. And if, but if it's for one game, give me, give me LT. Here's a question for you. If Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders switched teams, would Emmett Smith have been as good of a running back as he's considered? And no. No. what would no. Barry Sanders, would have there ever been a debate on who the best running back all time was if Barry Sanders had the offensive line of the Cowboys in the 90s? Give me two hell no's on that. Give me two <laughs> hell no's with extra cheese. Two hell knows with extra cheese. Okay. I I love I I love me some Emmitt Smith. Emmitt Smith is a great, like, God-fearing man. Wonderful. He doesn't hold a candle to Barry Sanders' pubes in his jock strap, let alone the jock strap. Barry Sanders was just a different type of freaking animal. You don't get those yards with a terrible ass line and you're not, you know right under God's status. I, I think we all can agree with that. <laughs> like, yes. if he had the Cowboys <laughs> offensive line and Troy A... Dog. No, no. Like, we would... Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones would have been in the in the, in the in the sky box. I'm talking about... I think Jerry Jones would have died of a heart attack long ago. And it probably would have been better for the Cowboys anyway. So, yeah. Barry Sanders every damn day. Hey man, okay. I, I agree 100. percent Yeah, sure. I, I, I think Barry Sanders probably would have had untouchable records if he if he had the the offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. I honestly think there would be no one would ever be able to to even come close to his marks. And and let's not forget, guys, that Barry Sanders walked away from the game at the peak of his powers. Barry Sanders had three more top level years of being a running back he just chose to stop playing because he knew he was going to wind up getting hurt 
playing. So, like, imagine what he would have been with a decent line and with more longevity, like with more years in the tank. Because I think that he plays longer if he has a better line and he's not afraid of getting hurt. You know what I mean? Like, you remember, like, his biggest quote was, like, I don't want to be like Walter Payton. I want to be able to walk when I'm, like, when I'm 40, 50. And, I mean, thank God he can, he can. But imagine if he wasn't afraid of that because he knew he had a line to go to go with him every single Sunday. I'm, I don't know. A, a better question would be is to switch the quarterbacks. If we put Don, if we switch Donovan McNabb, with mother freaking uh, God. You mean you mean Steve McNair? No, 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 that's Steve McNair. Oh, I'm Dante Culpepper. You're asking Don. Uh, no, who are you? Yeah. Who, who, who? Yeah, where are you going with this? I, 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 wait, my bad. He he had me right. He had it right. He he was talking. JT had had it right. Dante Culpepper. Wait, wait, you're talking about the the Detroit Lions quarterback during when Barry Sanders was there? Yes. Who was Trey that? Hill. Wasn't Culpepper. Who was it? That wasn't Cole Pepper. Cole Pepper was with the Vikings. Oh, that's right. He was with the Vikings. Well, who was the, he? Who was he the went there like later in his career. Scott Mitchell. That and they, therein lies your problem. Now, <laughs> now, can we put him on the on the Cowboys and do the Cowboys still win Super Bowls if you trade him and Troy Aikman? That's a better question. We can argue about that. One. <laughs> what that's a great about? question, actually. That's a great question. I mean, is Troy Aikman that good if he doesn't have that offensive line and a high-level running back? See, I, I'm going to go out on a limb, JT, and I'm going to say Troy Aikman is. I'm not saying that he's, you know, he's not top tier, but Troy Aikman was I think he's still a good average. quarterback. I just don't think he, yeah. he would have been that high level of a quarterback. Had he not had Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, and a offensive line that could have been inducted as a unit into the Hall of Fame. As a, as a unit. There's no lies being told there. There's no lies told there. I, I agree with you on that. I, I can say, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But does he, but does Troy Aikman somehow, some way, a with a little bit, push them over the top with the Barry Sanders to get them to make, you know, the playoffs. Cause you remember like the yeah, I think they were gonna I think that quarterback running back duo could make the playoffs. I think so. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Cause remember Barry Sanders only made the playoffs what what was it? Twice or three times is in his entire career. Not as much as he should have. Not as much as he should have. I think it was only twice. And Troy Aikman walked away with how many Super Bowls? You know, five? I just four, five. Four? Well, I think wasn't it five or was it four? I, I think it was. I, he didn't win all five of them that they have. I know that. Maybe three. Maybe three. Thank you. But went to five. Mm -hmm. So uh, that that's all I'm saying. I think that Troy Aikman was a vital piece, and if you put another, like you know. BS level quarterback in there, I don't think that they become what they are. Because, I mean, the, despite, I mean, I, I don't like him a whole bunch, but Troy Aikman was a bad man. You know, of course he had some some good behind receivers to throw to, don't get me wrong, but 
I mean, you still got to put the ball in that spot. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it was definitely the perfect situation uh, in Dallas for those couple years. Um, if Jerry had let Jimmy Johnson just take care of everything, he didn't have his pride get in the way, uh, we'd probably still be talking about the Cowboys right now. But Now, I got one that's going to start an argument, and this will be good for our viewers, the few of them that we have. So now, because... We're going we're gonna to take politics out of it. Now, I'm talking about all three of these quarterbacks in their prime. Who do you go with with a mediocre defense to win a Super Bowl? Tom Brady, uh, Donovan McNabb, or Peyton Manning? Now, now that's a, there's a question. There's, with See, a mediocre here's the only thing. Now. Here's the thing. Tom Brady has won Super Bowls when his defense was ranked last in the league. Oh, so the answer- Here we go, here we go, I'll, come, come on. Cause I, 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 okay, go ahead. What, no, literally the defense was ranked last in the league. Last in the Wait, league. How many, how many, of the years, the JT? how many of the years, JT? How many of the years was his defense ranked last? How many Super Bowls did he win with his defense ranked last out of that one? I think who? They was not ranked last on two of them. So it was he was ranked last on one of them, and that was in the one in the mid two thousand. Come on, it, now. it was just it was just one, and it was, it was in 2017, 2017. But it's not like they didn't have any bad other bad ones in like two thousand five. They were ranked like twenty fifth through twenty seventh, depending on what you were looking at. Um, in twenty eleven, they were like mid tier, so another average 2010 they were at like yeah for, for Bill Belichick like, being such a great quarterback he's had a lot of bad yeah. defenses even when his team has gone for big runs they, they all they, they still went deep in the playoffs even when they had a trash defense so that's what y'all gonna do to me y'all just gonna say Tom Brady with, with like with just no zero hesitation with the mediocre yeah. defense BS mm -hmm. hell no Hell no. Donovan McNabb is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. I, I don't oh. care. I, I said it. I said it. And I stick freaking by it. Y'all can kill me, shoot me, blast me off in the space. Like, like we, we are going to stop giving this man all this damn credit. Now, he's damn near good. He's freaking good. He is He's damn near elite. But God dang it. Yeah. Get out of here. The man wins with overpowered damn teams. He's the LeBron. I say it, and I'm a LeBron fan. He's the LeBron of the damn NFL. <laughs> Shit. So, who's the LeBron of the NFL? Tom Brady is the LeBron of the NFL. And who do you think it is the goat of all basketball? Who do I think is the goat of all basketball? Hey, we're not, we not, we not making comparisons like so, that. I'm, so not, if, I'm not doing that today. Tom Brady I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that today. LeBron. I'm not doing that today. I'm not Does doing that. Does that make Tom Brady today. the GOAT? No. So, no. So. No. I'm not, I'm not doing this with y'all. I'm not doing this with y'all. I refuse. Y'all are not okay. swindling me into this conversation. Uh, what's your guys' petty moment of the week? Mine goes to Maryland and UCLA and their Twitter departments, whoever, social media. Um, 
both teams decided to go on Twitter uh, after they won last week and put out some petty stuff. Uh, Maryland, and I forgot who they played, um, they put out essentially an album cover that said Certified Loser Boys and put the logos on the team that they beat as their like their little picture for the week. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen the cover for Certified Lover Boy, but it was in that image. And then UCLA put out um, Sissy Blue Shirt as their header for their Twitter as a response to Coach O's um, comments before the game, before they wet the bed and made you know the yeah, SEC, SEC look bad. But that's it. Okay, I, I got cut out, but I know you must be talking about the Sissy Blue Shirt thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, come on, Coach O. Like, I get it. He he won the, he won a national title. You divorced your wife. You've been, you know, sleeping with half of the student body now. Come on. You got to get back to winning football games, my boy. <laughs> what you got, Saul? Uh, well, outside of talking to Lamoris on a daily basis, my pity moment. Oh, I'm sorry. My pity moment is a little bit personal. Um, of course came it across is. The, came across some information this week made me made me laugh a little bit um so we we got these particular uh set of individuals we'll, we'll just we'll call them you know you know people a or team a T- team a uh, had a coach that we'll call um you know binky mouth um if my wife listens to our podcast, she knows who I'm talking about. Um, this guy is a complete and utter prick. But y'all, I'm about to let y'all in on something that he did. It got him fired. But he he's a gangster. I'm just going to be real with you. Because you got to be, you know, a bad, a bad MF for to pull this off. So we have recruitment rules. You're not supposed to recruit people. This man not only decides to recruit a player from a rival school across the street, he he decides to hold workouts for said player at their at the rival's gym. And he's a, a rival coach. So not only were you, you know, gangster enough to break the rules, you broke the rules at the opposing school's gym and didn't think you was going to get caught. Said person that's such That's not things. gangster. That's stupid. <laughs> I mean, we all think that it was stupid. Like, I mean, it's like, it, it's either really, really gangster. Like, you think that you ain't going to get caught or you just really, really that stupid. Um, I like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he has such been fired from teaching and from coaching. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. No. You, I know, right? You, you you try to recruit people and you and you may, may get fired. I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy how that stuff works. You know what I'm saying? I never believed it. I, y'all, I'm just saying, 
this this is a, a individual that came up and shook my hand after me winning three 20 plus win seasons and told me like he never thought I could do uh that good of a job but he just wanted to tell me that he had I had his um his stamp of approval now because I had done so well yet as a head coach he has never had a winning season like bro you need like, humble yourself humble yourself you know but be real and and you know get off of the the Jim Jones Kool-Aid for two seconds to realize that buddy boy you need to you know you need to calm you need to calm down it's okay I would be petty and say you know I'll see you at the unemployment line but you know I don't drive past there so that's my petty moment of the week okay uh so I've got two first one uh TJ Watt signed the biggest defensive player contract in NFL history props to him um, and as a way to congratulate him, his his older brother, J.J. Watt, uh, tweeted out, hey, so about those outstanding IOUs, should I talk to your accountant or, you, or do you want to just uh, cash at me? Uh, That's what I'm talking it, about. We, we family, <laughs> but you still got to pay me back. Hell, what you talking? What you talking? All those subway checks. You know what I'm Exactly. <laughs> All them subway checks. And then uh, next one uh, is from Derek Jeter. Um, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. He technically got inducted last year, but obviously there was no ceremony last year. Uh, so he got inducted. He, he had a ceremony this year. Um, and in his induction speech, he, he said, I want to thank all of the writers except for one uh, because he was one vote away from a unanimous uh, vote into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and so he acknowledged the fact that the, he thanked everybody but the one guy that did not vote him in to the Hall of Fame. Who doesn't vote Derek Jeter into the Hall of Fame? The same like, person that, that, the same people in Boston that gave LeBron, that didn't vote for LeBron for a unanimous MVP. Those type of people. Like, like I mean, that, that's one thing because you're, you're comparing him to other people. Um, and you can you can justify it even if you're wrong, but like, how does Derek Jeter not go to the Hall of Fame? Like, how did, who who in their right mind's like, no, Derek Jeter did not do enough to go to the Hall of Fame? Uh, well, I mean, maybe not for the Hall of Fame, but if you ask somebody else on the podcast, they say that Derek Jeter is very average. That, that's what I heard. I don't agree with it, but that that's what somebody on the podcast told me one time. That sounds like a conversation for another episode. Uh, <laughs> Who said Derek Jeter was very average? I just, I don't think he's all that special, but um, we'll, we'll have a discussion about that later on. With that, we'll next get to week, final thoughts and we'll get out of here. Uh, we'll get out of here. Um, we've been going long enough. What do you guys got? Well, uh, I will go. I will reference my petty moment of the week once again. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, adults of all ages. Um, humbleness is it's a thing, and it should be exercised everywhere. Not fake humbleness, but real humbleness, because eventually it will catch up to you. And those of us who are 
exercise, exercising said hopefulness. We won't gloat in your despair, but we will crack open the beer and sure have a damn good laugh. So thank you for that damn good laugh. Have a good day. Aren't you the same one that gloats about how you have these 20 win seasons in your first year as a coach? Okay, yeah, anyways. After, um, after, everybody, after everybody counted me out, LaVos, nobody believed in me. Damn. Humbleness. Humbleness, remember. Okay. Um, <laughs> coach O, uh, you're, you're on the hot seat. Uh, this is this is the year you need to do something because outside of that one year where you have the best QB and all of college football and an amazing offensive coordinator that uh, went on to leave you, you have done absolutely nothing for Louisiana. So <laughs> by mid-season, if you don't get some wins, you know, you could join me with watching these games from the couch. Cool. Damn. Damn. Sorry, one, one sidebar then. before I let before I let JT speak. Is he the new Les Miles? Uh, I think he's worse than Les Miles. Damn. Okay, JT, back wow. to you. Okay, uh, I don't know. That's a tough one to follow there. That's a tough one to follow. Uh, my final thoughts. Hmm. Sit down in our thinking chair and think. Oh, That's sorry. Been- I'm sorry. Oh, my yeah, yeah, you want to talk about Steve? You need to talk about Steve. Please, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to yeah. say, Steve, Steve, Steve from Blue Spoons. 25 We don't deserve years. you. We, bro, we really don't. Like, I, I I, know you may not listen to this podcast, but like. But you should. You should. And I just want to let you know, bro, bro, I almost shed tears. Almost. I'm, I'm a thug. I can't shed tears over. But like, when you said you was proud of me, dog, I felt that. I'm getting choked up thinking about it right now. I was like, bro, I still got my handy dandy notebook from 95, bro. Like, I, <laughs> I fucks with you, my boy. I, I, I real deal do the long way. You might, you might, I don't say this about many of y'all, but you, you, you my nigga. Um, all right, so mine, ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, has decided to mandate vaccines for it's all of its full-time salaried employees and any non-union hourly employees. Um, there's probably going to be some people leaving ESPN over this. With that being said, if somebody from ESPN is listening and you need some more on-air talent, we've got vaccinated guys right here that are happy to step in for the right price. Exactly. Hey, I I do just about anything for a check. I'll, I'll shake for a little. And piece of I don't need to get paid like Stephen A. gets paid. You can give me, you know, like, well, like you can give me like a, you know, a twentieth of his salary, and I'm satisfied. So you know, oh, just, just just give me more than my coach's stipend, and I'll do a damn Zoom cast, you know, every day. Then oh boom, yeah, like help 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 me, e- ESP yeah. ESPN help help me. No, no, we we help with ESPN. What do you mean? They they they're gonna need some more talent because now people they had they've had massive firings the past couple of years, and now people are gonna be leaving because they have to get vaccinated. Meanwhile, hey, we're vaccinated. We can help you out. Have your people call 
I would say our people, but we don't have any people. We'll just call us. Yeah. No, just, yeah. Uh, 912-571-6380 <laughs> for all business inquiries. Um, make sure you text me because I don't pick up numbers. I don't. I don't know. Straight up. All right. With that, uh, we'll call it a week. We'll see you guys next time.